Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host, and in spite of the COVID-19, I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday and making it a point to social distance in the great outdoors. Hey, what a show we have for you today. Uh, we're going to be with uh, the 2019 Bassmasters Classic Champion and Major League Fishing winner of Stage 3 and the current points leader of the Bass Pro Tour, Ot Defoe. Also with us will be a very popular husband-wife team, America's favorite hunting couple, Ralph and Vicki Cirillo, and of course they host the Archer's Choice and the Choice television shows on the Outdoor Channel. We're in the month of May and opportunities abound, fishing, hunting, shooting, boating, kayaking, even bird watching, and uh, we're seeing record numbers of people enjoying the many outdoor activities that are there. In fact, there's some great news related to outdoors. I lifted uh, from some recent information from the fishing tackle retailer that was carried on the fishing wire. And fishing license sales are up, up in most states. In fact, way up in many parts of the country. In Minnesota, fishing license sales up 45%. Vermont, fishing license sales climbed 62%. South Carolina, sales of resident freshwater licenses risen by 20 Kansas up by 15 and many, many more. And all this since the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak. And, you know, though some tackle stores remain closed across the country, one message seemed to be ringing loud and clear from coast to coast. People are fishing. And I can tell you, that's a great thing. In the state of Washington, which was the early epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak in America, much of that state was closed to outdoor recreation in the month of March. And in April, you know, fishing license sales were down. They were way down, estimated 70, 80 percent down. However, after the governor announced the partial reopening of activities, including fishing on April 27th, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife reported they were knocking out $300,000 a day in license sales. And let me tell you, that's great news, too. Another bit of great news in the fishing world that Major League Fishing is going to return to Florida in the Kissimmee chain of lakes on June the 7th. And the return of the 2020 Bass Pro uh, Circuit is going to be right up running uh, June 7th through the 12th. going to be featuring $745,000 in its purse, full field of pros, uh, 80 pros there. And for all the safety, of course, all involved fan events and gatherings are canceled for the remainder of the season. But let me tell you, you can catch all that action. 550 hours of original programming delivered uh, via live stream on Discovery Channel, CBS, CBS Sports, Sportsman's Channel. And the 2020 Bass Pro Tour is going to conclude with the Evinrude Stage 5, July 10th through the 15th on Lake Champlain. Well, the abbreviated five-stage Bass Pro Tour, it encompasses the race to qualify for the 2021 Red Crest Championship and win the overall 2020 points race. And uh, after the general tire stage three presented by True Timber on Lake Fork, today's guest, Ott Defoe, leads the field with 227 points, and we're going to get an opportunity to visit with Ott today and discuss his position in the standings and uh, what it's going to take to win the coveted Red Crest title. Well, we've got a lot of things to cover, uh, a lot of things that, uh, you know, I just want to give thanks again to all of our first responders, our frontline medical people. We're truly blessed, and we offer our prayers and and all the best to them. Well, look, Tennessee pro Ott Defoe, it only seems like he's been a fishing pro for decades, but it's all with his consistent success. He's finished in the top 20 in over half of the bass tournaments he's fished in eight years and finished in the money, astounding 79% of the tournaments he's fished. Ott has more than 45 career top 10s, over $2 million of career earnings. And uh, 
Ott's the winner of the 2020 Bass Pro Stage 3 and is the 2019 Bass Master Classic Champion. I want you to welcome back to the show a member of the Bass Pro Shops Pro Fishing Team hailing from Blaine, Tennessee, Ott Defoe. Ott, welcome back to Outdoor World. Hey, hey, Rob, thanks for having me back, man. I sure, sure appreciate it. Oh, man, just great to have you here. And uh, I can only assume you've been outdoors, virus-free, probably doing a little fishing and a little turkey hunting. What, what <laughs> yeah, have you we, to say? We, we definitely have, yeah. No, it's been a been a interesting spring, you know, due to the COVID everything and uh, and the quarantine and stuff. But, um, but no, I've been... And been blessed with this time to be home um, when yeah. I'm typically you know on the road a lot, and I do miss fishing the tournaments. But I have been have been taking advantage of fishing around home and and getting into turkey hunting. That's the first spring that I've ever ever gotten into it, and uh, man, what a lot of fun it really is! Oh, it is. Well, look, being a fishing pro, and as you just mentioned, always this time of year. I mean, you're in the thick of the competition. You know, keeping yourself sharp and on top of your game. Uh, what are you doing to to stay on top when thing when the competition resumes on well, not too many weeks away on June the seventh? Yeah, it's coming up real quick. Um, you know, just doing doing some fishing around home. You know, going fishing once or twice a week to you know to kind of keep the juices flowing. And and honestly, doing some turkey hunting is you know the more you're outside, wildlife all lacks pretty similar in a lot of ways. Um, you know, deer and turkey, that kind of stuff are much more spooky than I, than I believe bass to be. Um, you know, you can get around bass pretty easily without, without running them off, but it does still require a lot of the same kind of things and figuring out the patterns of them is, is what's really similar. The places where they like to be, um, you know, places where they feed places, just where they spend their time. Understanding that about the critters, whether they're stuff that's on the land or in the water, that's where I've, I've seen to see the similarities between, uh, between turkey hunting and bass fishing. Yeah, there are a lot there. Well, look, uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to move to our first break, and uh, uh, and I can't wait to just uh, pick your brain on a few things as we get back into to getting the, the tournament trail going again. Well, look, I'm Rob Keck, host right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We'll be back with Ott in just a few minutes. Embrace the rustic elegance of a bygone era at Big Cedar Lodge. Located 10 miles south of Branson, Missouri, Big Cedar Lodge is a masterpiece that brings together natural beauty and contemporary luxury. Visitors are invited to explore and experience some of the most popular amenities here. At Big Cedar Lodge, you'll find casual dining options in an unparalleled atmosphere with signature dishes and local favorites highlighting classic menu items. Take in spectacular views at Devil's Pool, live entertainment at the Buzzard Bar, or relax at Truman Coffee and Cafe, all surrounded by the natural ambiance of the Ozark Mountains. One of the newest additions to the property is Cedar Creek Spa. This 18,000-square-foot world-class spa is a private oasis with soothing pools, fireplaces, and a full-service salon. In addition to the complete spa experience, there are private suites available. All of these features make Big Cedar an ideal destination for weddings, corporate gatherings, and more. Families have been visiting Big Cedar Lodge for generations, looking to experience what many call a little piece of heaven on earth. To learn more, visit BigCedar.com or call 1-800-BC-LODGE. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're visiting with the 2019 Bassmasters Classic Champion and is the Bass Pro Tour points leader in Major League Fishing, a good friend, Ott Defoe. Ott, what kind of routine are you going through? Uh, are you working out to stay physically and mentally sharp? So, you know, when you, when you hit back... Uh, uh, on the seventh, that that you're on top of your game. What are you doing? Yeah, the the big thing for me has been has been spending so much time walking, um, turkey hunting. A lot of the places we've got um, where I'm able to hunt here in East Tennessee are pretty rolling. Um, you know, a lot of hills. Some of it's even I would call steep. Um, so so lugging a backpack and been taking most of the time at least one of my kids with me, if not two, and so carrying their gun and they'll, they'll carry a decoy a while and they'll get tired of that so about, 
typically by the time I'm, I'm coming out of there, I look like a pack mule with two shotguns, two decoys, and a backpack full of stuff. So it's, 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 I'm actually getting a lot better workout now than I do typically when I'm fishing. Yeah, well, you know, it's just great to be able to take family. We're seeing it so many different places. I mean, families are fishing together, they're hunting together, and you know, it's got to be the silver lining in the in this whole crisis that uh, you know families are spending more time together than than maybe ever before. Well, look, it's springtime, and uh, lots of people are fishing, and everybody wants to know what are the pros using, what techniques would you recommend in this month of May to catch bass? Can you share something with us? Give us a I tip. Uh, yeah, I absolutely can. May is one of my one of my favorite times of year to fish. I, I enjoy. Pre-spawn is probably my number one, but um, that late spawn, early post-spawn is probably one of my most favorite times to fish. And throughout our, our part of the country and, and Tennessee, Missouri, that kind of central, you know, northern Alabama, Georgia, the central part of the of the country, you're looking at where most of the bass are done spawning. Um, there's typically a shad spawn going on, which only happens the first couple hours of daylight in the morning so if you mm-hmm. if you wait till nine o'clock to get out on the lake you missed it <laughs> you've already missed it but man it can be so so much fast and furious action and that's that's probably one of my favorite things and favorite ways to catch them because you can you you can uh, we did it last year when we fished table rock in uh in the bass pro tour just i mean i, I would catch 20 or 30 fish in the first two and a half hour period it's just a wow. lot of fun and, wow. and swim swimming a white uh terminator jig is my favorite way to catch them then. Top water's a, a really good pattern right now. Um, and then you start, you know, this time of year, you, you start having some fish start to show up offshore, and those fish can be really easy to catch if you find them. And you just got to use your hummingbird electronics to get up there offshore and idle around and, and look for those places where those fish will group up, and then and then you can typically catch them cranking, which is a lot of fun uh, just pick out of whatever DT series from Rapa will will reach the bottom and the water you're fishing and and go from there. Yeah, well, you mentioned about your your hummingbird. Uh, you know, keeping your boat in top running condition certainly has to be on your list of preparations as June seventh gets closer. You know, what boat are you using in the competition? And talk to us uh, what you're doing uh, to catch up in the area of boat preparation and, and maintenance so that uh, you're trouble free when you launch. Yep, absolutely. It's taking having this break is a great time to change your your engine oil. You know, being a four stroke uh, Mercury Pro XS that I'm running on the back of that Nitro Z. <coughs> excuse me, stuff's uh, blooming here. The Nitro Z21 is the boat that I'm running with that with that uh, 250 Pro XS on the back. But changing the engine oil, changing the lower unit oil, um, pull your prop off. Make sure you don't have any any fishing line back there behind it. Those are some of the simple things um, that's, that's easy to do even at home, and uh, and just you know some simple maintenance to keep it in in top running order. And and it seems like using your electronics is one of the best ways to keep them in good shape. You know, making sure that you're mm-hmm. you are going fishing once a week or something just to make sure that everything um, everything's jiving like it should be is a is a great thing to do. Yeah. Well, looking ahead, uh, you know, to when you're back uh, back on the water and in, in in full competition, can you share your approach or looking into your crystal ball? What's it going to take to be on top at the close of the day on June 12th on Lake Toho and that Kissimmee chain? That's uh, you know, I've I've fished down there in Florida a fair amount over my career, but I have never fished down there later on the calendar than March. We, we've always had the tournaments in in Florida, typically South Florida, from from January through March, and mm-hmm. you know that's going to be a it's going to be a different dynamic being down there in in June. Um, I expect the fishing to be pretty good. You know, the, those fish will be completely postponed, which I've never fished in Florida, and I think they should be feeding pretty heavy. Um, you know, it's, it'll be a for sure a summertime kind of bite, and I, I think. I do think the mornings could be very important, but I also think the afternoon bite could be really strong too. So uh, I, I think the big thing is going to be focusing on, on trying to catch big fish. That's the time of year we're always there. It can be kind of squirrely fishing. We know there's big fish there and, and there are big fish caught, but um, being there during the time of year when those fish are actually truly feeding and they're not around the spawn, I think it's liable to really show out and a man's going to have to catch catch a lot of fish and catch some really big ones throughout the day. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, Major League Fishing is is an angler-driven league, and uh, and the pros worked with the league, as I understand it, to identify the schedule and, and preserve the many opportunities for the pros to, to compete and, and receive a paycheck. Tell us about that process. How did that all unfold? It, it absolutely is, and that's a neat thing with, with Major League Fishing and, and having been able to have a voice in it and a say in it. So this event coming up down here in June in Florida was – it's the heavy hitters event. That's why it has an increased payout from a regular Bass Pro Tour. But that event was actually supposed to be just for the top 30 anglers um, based on their single largest fish from our first five stages. So they were going to take those. They were keeping a running tally of those largest fish. And uh, and just the top 30 guys in that list is who was going to be fishing that event. But due to you know the, the COVID and not being able to fish our full schedule of, of eight Bass Pro Tour, plus the heavy hitters, they decided that it would benefit all the anglers more, that all anglers would get to fish this heavy hitters event, and that all anglers would receive a paycheck in it. It has about one and a half times, not not far from two times, what a Bass Pro Tour event would pay. And, uh, you know, so if it was only 30 guys in it, everybody's going to make a lot of money. But that, and during this time, we felt that it was important for all anglers to be able to fish that event and all anglers to get paid. So every single angler in the field at heavy hitters will receive a $4,000 check. So that's, that's pretty awesome. unheard of for, uh, you know, for that to go from just, sure. just what it was going to be to, to increase it, you know, that way to where every angler gets to fish and, uh, and every angler's getting paid. Yeah. Well, look, we've got to take our next break. We return, going to continue our conversation with Ott. This and a whole lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Kank, your host here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we will be right back. Years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources, and it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt's forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit booneandcrocketclub.com. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and thanks for joining us here. And we're visiting with the points leader of the Bass Pro Tour of Major League Fishing, Ot Defoe. You know, Ot, uh, even though fishing is inherently a, a socially distant sport, Stage 4 is going to be certainly different uh, with not being face-to-face with your fans. Uh, can can the Bass Pro Tour deliver the drama of live-action sports to the fans with this situation? It absolutely can, Rob, and I think that's where I think that's where we really exceed as a as a league. Um, you know, having so many cameras on the water is uh, unheard of, number one. But also the way that those cameras are able to move around throughout the day. You know, they're not. They don't put it in your boat, and you're stuck with that camera all day, whether you're catching fish or not. If you're not catching them, it's sorry to say it, but they're going to come get the camera and move it to somebody <laughs> who is. So, so you know. But for the fans that are watching, that's that's what they need. That's you know, to where that they're following that action all day long, and it's you know that that camera is actually capturing it. So that's a that's a huge part of it. Um, that that's something that we're you know that's within our structure, that was within our control as a league and that we certainly take advantage of, and then the fans get the benefit from. Yeah. Well, you know, some of our listeners may not be aware of the format of the of the Brass Pro Tour. Why don't you just give us a snapshot of just how all this works? Yeah, absolutely. Our, our standard Bass Pro Tour events are, there's six total days of competition, and the, uh, the 80 anglers are broken into two groups, Group A and Group B, which are just a, a seating type thing. It's not random, but it is a seated um, group. 
And so there are four qualifying days. Each group of A and B fish two. And then the top, the winner from each of those moves automatically to the championship round. And then the remaining top half, so 19 out of each group, move into the knockout round. That gives you 38 anglers fishing in the knockout round. And the top eight of those 38 move into the championship round, joining the other two winners from the qualifying round to give you 10 anglers in the quali- or in the championship round. And uh, another thing with ours is that every bass counts. And uh, we've been doing a minimum weight this year so far of two pounds, and I think that will continue for our next two stages as well. So the a bass has to be a minimum of two pounds to count to your daily total. And then there's an official on every single boat with the same exact scales. He weighs the fish. If it's over two pounds, he records the weight on the score tracker, punches it into the iPad, which is a score tracker that every angler has in their boat and gets instant updates. And uh, and then the fish is released immediately right there where you caught it at. Does that put a lot of pressure on when you know what uh, your other competitors are? I mean, when you're looking and you're saying, oh, my gosh, I am, like, way behind. Well, what's that like in the boat it's, when, you're, it's, when you're there? It's a, lot of, it's a lot of stress if you're not doing good. And, <laughs> but it's, it's equally the other way when you are. You know, yeah. and that's the, that's the really cool part of it. And, and oh, what yeah. you learn are, are some days when you think, man, I'm, I'm not doing that good. You actually are. And some days when you think, man, I'm doing okay, you're really not. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it really, it really, just, it, it helps you understand just how the fishery is performing on every single day. And and as an angler, that's, that's kind of always the question, you know, unless you're out there, you, you and your buddy are in the boat and you're fishing the same stuff. You're like, well, man, the fish just ain't biting today. And you get back to the boat dock and the guy you pull up next to shows you a picture of all the big fish he caught. If you would have known that fish were biting throughout the day, you would have tr- probably tried something different and, and maybe would have learned from it and adjusted. And and that's it truly helped has helped me grow as an angler and, and learn and change and adjust on the water, on the fly, because I can't just say, well, fish ain't biting, that you know, <laughs> there, there, nobody's catching any right now. You know if fish are biting, and you know if, they're, if, it's got, if it is a tough day. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had something like that to communicate with other turkey hunters when I'm not hearing anything <laughs> gobble. You know, you say, well, it must be that way for everybody. You get into the country store, and the next guy says, oh, man, they just tore it up where I was at. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> well, look, the abbreviated five-stage Bass Pro Tour encompasses the race to qualify for the 2021 Red Crest Championship. Tell yeah. us about the Red Crest just very quickly and what it means to win this. Red Crest is our top 30 anglers from points qualify for that. And, uh, and we've had one so far and Edwin Evers, a fellow Bass Pro guy, um, won that one. But this next one coming up is actually going to be on Grand Lake in February of, of 2021. And it is, it's our championship, man. It's the, it's the best of the best guys. And, uh, and, and it's, uh, that's, you know, our biggest title we've got and just an unbelievable event. And really looking forward to it being there in Tulsa, Oklahoma and fishing on Grand Lake. It's going to be a little cool, most likely. But uh, but I think Grand Lake will be a great place to showcase our anglers' talents and uh, and just what Red Crest is all about. Yeah, well, I guess you would call that the Super Bowl of bass fishing. Then it would be pretty close to it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt well, about it. Well, that's that's great, and uh, it'd be pretty nice to have that along with uh, being a Bassmasters <laughs> Classic champion, and uh, you know all the other wins that you've had. And you know, where do you see yourself? Where does Ot Defoe? uh look to be professionally in the next five years the next 10 years man rob that's uh that 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 crystal ball you were mentioning earlier and and i just i'm so thankful to get to do what i do i I thank god every day that that i have the family i have and that i have the career that i have and and just uh, i know it's a blessing from him um and i would just i I would love to be doing exactly what i'm doing right now i mean i i couldn't imagine my life being any more blessed. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm just, I am, I'm, I'm so very thankful and, and I know that it's all a gift from him. So I'm, I, I'd love to still be chasing, chasing bass on the, on the lakes and Turkey in the spring. If, if I'm able to be home enough. And, uh, I, I kind of wouldn't mind a little quarantine every spring. After this. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, look, we're out of time and, uh, going to take our next break, but, Ott, congratulations on all of your achievements. Uh, you're a great competitor. 
a superb ambassador for fishing. I just want to wish you all the best. Good luck. God bless you. And, uh, folks, we return going to catch up with the award-winning television hosts, Ralph and Vicki Cianciarulo. And I'm Rob Keck. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And we will be right back. Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. Where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. 147. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt said, There could be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. More than a century later, his statement has never been more meaningful. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish. Visit trcp.org to learn more and take action. To Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're introducing our next guest. Well, let me tell you, anyone who's ever watched outdoor television over the last two decades are certainly familiar with the award-winning television hosts of the choice, Ralph and Vicki Serencerillo. And they have taken viewers across North America, around the world, in pursuit of big game. And, you know, they've set the stage for many husband and wife uh, hunting couples as the first couple of hunting TV. Well, their impact of including their entire family on the hunt, it's inspired many families to share and love the passion for hunting of all types of game with archery tackle, firearms, and more. I want you to welcome America's favorite hunting couple, Ralph and Vicky. Ralph and Vicky, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Hey, Ralph. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us on. Well, it's good to have you both here, and I hope that you're healthy and virus-free. And so (laughs) the the question that I have to ask, you know, of so many outdoor (laughs) professionals, what has the last two months looked like for you two? Vicky, what honestly, you- well, I, I can honestly tell you that I don't know that Ralph and I have stayed in our house. It, we <laughs> we stayed in for the first last two months for the first six weeks. I went nuts. He went insane. I don't know the last time we actually stayed at home for six weeks in a row. It was insane. And then and then we escaped and we went yeah. turkey hunting to Florida because we couldn't handle it you anymore. Know, but, but, <laughs> but Rob, you know, we were trying to, to think about, you know, our, our parents, our grandparents, you know, all sure. of those who we're more susceptible. Um, you know, so we were, we, we did the best we could, you know, and, but I, I will tell you, uh, it was devastating, not only for us, but for everybody to well, think sure. that the world could shut down Yeah, from a yeah. virus that I think still to date hasn't killed as many people as the flu. No, it, it hasn't. It hasn't. You know, this COVID crisis, the craziness, uh, you know, the way that some states have, you know, enacted some of these restrictions, I've got to ask, you know, how has it impacted your ability <laughs> to make television? I mean, you guys make a living off of producing television. You've done it for 20 years. But what, how has how's it affected you guys? Well, I think the simplest way to say is, you know, we, we were handcuffed, literally. I mean, you, you were, you, everything we had planned and we were so looking forward. I mean, in March, we're, we were heading to New Zealand. Gone, canceled. You you know what I mean? And all of our appearances, gone, canceled. We actually went to the Michigan um, Deer and Turkey Expo, got there, set up on Thursday. 30 minutes before the show was supposed to open up on Friday, they canceled the show. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And and that's when all craziness went. And we live in Illinois, and our our politics in Illinois are a little crazy, too. And um, not to get political, but... um, (laughs) But yeah, it got insane. It's, you know, we're sheltered in. Illinois is actually, we're supposed to be, you're supposed to be sheltered in until the end of this month yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so, so the reality, like you're asking, is real simple. You know, we had to uh, <laughs> drop down, give us 20, and try to adapt, literally. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we had still made some phone calls around 
um, all of, so far, you know, and, and probably, you know, everyone re- knows that we, we love our spring bear hunting, but yeah, that's all sure. canceled. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you can't get to well, Canada. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we've lost 50% of the show, our show opportunities so mm. far. And we know we're not the only television shows out there. No, no, no. That are having this problem, you know, I mean, and you know, our outfitters, oh my gosh. um, Glenn, I want to talk about that. Yeah. I want to talk about them a little bit later. Uh, But yeah, the impact, the impact on them has just been devastating. And well, you know, you guys, you as a couple were the first husband and wife team hosting a hunting television show. Tell us how you got started. You know, so many people have gotten into, into you know, shooting video. So many have gotten into television over the years. And, of course, we've lost some as well. But how did you guys get started? Well, Rob, you know, in, in the – me, myself, growing up, I worked for Archery Pro Shops. Um, at 23, I opened, I opened my own pro shop. There were six bows hanging. Four of them were mine. I had no money. <laughs> I did, my parents thought I was whacked. Uh-huh. Um, they still do. Actually, yeah. mom does. For sure. And then, you know, middle of the 80s, started filming uh, bow hunting videos and did a did a bunch of them, you know, series. And, all VHS back in the yeah. day. Oh, I remember Fast that. Bro, Cabela's, they all sold them for us. And then from the from from the VHS went into the DVDs. Vicky and I, you know, in, in 90 got together and, you know, there were no... There, who else was hunting then? Let's guess. Brenda. Brenda Valentine. I mean, it was unheard of. You know what I mean? And so, so there was very few women um, that, that were hunting. that and promoting it in, and, in a big way. Right. And it wasn't about the look. It was about the women actually hunting and, and you know, being woodsmen. Well, I should say woods. How women. would I say that? It would be woods women. Woods women. Or oh, I guess properly it would be woods per- person. Person. Right? Is that oh, okay. say person now? <laughs> yeah, get that correct. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to get politically slammed. But, um, you know, and then then actually with all of the videos and the DVDs, you know, some friends of ours said, hey, have you guys, have you looked at this outdoor channel stuff? This new thing that's going on out there. We're like, what? No, we would never do TV. What? And then lo and behold, we... uh. We said, well, so we started calling around, you know, found out what we had to do. We shot the pilot. We had years and years of, of footage, but we shot the pilot, sent it in, and they were like, oh, let's talk. And that was it. I mean, it, you know, right place, right time. And, sure. and, and Rob, I, I, yeah, I mean, that that's what it was. Yeah, honestly, it was. And, I mean, when you look back at it now, it, it's, such, it's so changed. It's changed so what? much over the 20 years. And, you know, and now – this is our 20th year on the outdoor channel and it's just, just everything has changed. You know, the industry has changed. The, the way of life has changed. And now definitely in the last two months has really changed. Yeah. Well, you know, I got my start back with TNN and I remember making that pitch, taking the pilot to TNN. And I said, I want to be in the first and second quarter. And if you remember way back, it was TNN and ESPN too. They were the only ones carrying outdoor programming. And, uh, And they said, look, Hunting won't go in first and second quarter. I said, well, give us a chance. I said, turkey hunting is really big in first and second quarter. They said, okay, we're going to put you in the death slot. 8.30 Saturday morning said, if you get a point three, we'll think about bringing you back. Well, what they didn't realize was that uh, we were the only hunting show on at that time. Guess what? All the people that loved hunting, they tuned into us because there wasn't, wasn't anything else to tune into. And yep. uh Ratings went up. We went to prime time the next year. And so, you know, I mean, you know what it is now. I mean, hunting is, you know, all four quarters and, uh, you know, it has changed. And we want to talk about that when we come back from this break about how it has changed over the last 20 years. Well, look, that's going to take us to our next break. We return, going to continue our visit with Ralph and Vicki. And this is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there, inside us. That need, that longing to walk among the wild. But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose, to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy. 
With over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop and you'll feel it. Listen and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And we are back. And thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you just joined us, we're privileged to have with us our guest, America's favorite hunting couple, Ralph and Vicki Cianciarillo. You know, we were talking there about how it was way back 20 years ago. And uh, I wanted to visit on how it has changed 20 years ago compared to now. And did you ever think from the beginning that you could actually be making a 20-year career for both of you? No. No. Not at all. Absolutely not. I mean, we've been 100% blessed. We live a charmed life. And to actually think that you could make a living and live this way and this and enjoy it. And we truly live this lifestyle but then to make a living out of it and then having a television show for that long is just, it's actually kind of mind blowing. <laughs> oh, I, you know, it, it is just amazing. Well, what was it like 20 years ago? I mean, you, you mentioned about giving that, you know, producing that pilot, you know, coming on board, being part of, uh, you know, the, the, the many shows there on Outdoor Channel. How has it changed since when you began? Well, I think first, and you could you could attest to this too, is uh, drop the big beta cams. Forget all that <laughs> sixty-seven oh my pounds of camera gear, you know, and and your sticks alone weighed you know twenty-two pounds on the tripod. <laughs> I mean, that's all gone. Yeah, and now I can film on my iPhone <clears throat> if I wanted to, you know, for yeah. television. It's just crazy as far as technology is concerned, but it it's also helped us. I think. I, I think going to smaller, lighter equipment, way better low light conditions, uh, you know, capabilities. It, it's allowed us to, to get, I, I believe, you know, better footage and more footage because you know that years ago we had to shut down a half hour, wait, or sometimes 45 minutes. You're like, you're out, we're out of light. What? You know? <laughs> so I, I think first and foremost would be the technology. Would yeah. you, right? Yeah, I would agree on that one. Um, then secondly, and, and we might tick off some people, but hey, you know what? He likes to do this. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think we're at a point that we're, we're hurting hunting. We're, you know, there's people that are making it look too easy or, you know, we're turning around and telling people, hey, if he's not five and a half and if he's not, you, you know, if he's not uh, 180 inches, you know, don't shoot him. Even though we don't even know that that hunter, that's the first time they sat in a tree stand or a ground blind, you know, yeah. and, and then they post it and they get slammed. And, and I mean, I, I think yeah, actually that's one of the big things I, that can pass social media, social media, you know, oh my gosh. I, I think, and we're getting, we're I, getting I, killed on social media with some of the things that people put up there. Absolutely uh, yeah. tasteless. Some things illegal. And yes. you know, we've got to put a better face on hunting and uh, right. have to be committed to, you know, being ethical, responsible, showing the fun that, you know, it's the trophy experience, not the animal itself that makes this game so much fun and enjoyable to, to so many people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing is that what happens is, is you know, one of Ralph's sayings is, you know, you you oh my gosh i'm gonna have a, my tongue is gonna tie on this one you know if you, you can do 100 things that are great no one remember you do one thing wrong and that's yep. what they're gonna forget or that's, that's what they're gonna remember yeah. sorry backwards okay. 100 things yeah. good you, you do forget. one thing there you, you go you, Rob, you, say you, it for me oh my no, gosh no, yep. you you got it <laughs> yeah but you know so you do one thing wrong and that's all they will remember and that's what's happening i think with hunting and just like you said you know they put some tasteless things up certain people do <laughs> And they just don't realize the repercussions that it causes for all of us out there. Oh, it is. It is. Well, look, when you began, I think the title of your show was Archer's Choice, if, that, if I'm correct. But then you transitioned to the choice. Tell us about that decision. Well, Rob, what, what we did is is we still have Archer's Choice. And, okay. and we created the choice because we actually, years and years ago, we aired a, a sheep hunt where we hunted 10 days in Alaska for our dolls with our with our bows and just never could get close enough mm -hmm. and the outfitter flew into camp and said you know 
put that stick and string down. He said, and let's get you guys your first sheep. So we ended up taking a, taking a rifle, hiking up four and a half hours, got, you know, got in position. He judged our ram, shot him. The other one comes up, another legal ram. Vicky shoots him. So in two and a half minutes, or I should say, yeah, two and a half minutes, we had shot both rams, both 11 and a half year old rams. Just beautiful. The experience wow. was incredible. And so we aired it on Archer's Choice. And we had not many, but you, as you know this, you get a thousand emails, okay, that are all, oh my gosh, that was awesome. And you get one, you get three bad ones. Who, what do you remember? The three bad ones. Sure. But it opened our eyes to something. And we were like, holy cow, wait a minute. We're bow hunters. I didn't grow up learning rifle hunting at all. I started rifle hunting later in my years. I grew up with a little stick and string in my hand. And we, we just, we said, this is a huge problem. And, you know, we had a huge audience. You know, we were blessed to have, a, you know, a great following. Um, and we said, let's make it, let's try and make a difference. And the cho- we introduced the choice show. And the choice was we blatantly came out and said, listen, we're bow hunters. And we're learning all the other aspects of the outdoors. However, we need to stop the fighting amongst ourselves. We yep. need to unite. We need mm-hmm. to accept everyone's choice of what they want to hunt with. Right. It, it doesn't matter what you, pl- what you hunt with or what you plan on hunting for as long as it's legal. In your state, city, your province, country, or province, you know what? Then go out and have fun and enjoy the great wilderness, the great outdoors, because yep. that's Good what point. it's supposed to be about. Yeah. Well, what's the secret to your success and the longevity of your show? I honestly, Rob, I, I think, I think one God. I do. I, you know, we thank Him. Sure. We've tried. We've tried Absolutely. to live our right our lives correctly. You know, in in His eyes. Um, I think the, I think we've stayed. We've been fortunate enough to stay humble. As you know, I think there's a lot of chest pumping. There's a lot of things going on, and that's anywhere. Don't you, you know that it's it's sure. any any industry? But when someone gets fame, either it goes to their head, <laughs> and they start to believe that they're legends in their own mind. And you know, we've always felt that at the end of the day, we're just hunters. We love to hunt. We we love the passion of the outdoors, and you know, we don't. It ain't about signing an autograph. It's about getting that next generation to understand and relate and realize that being a stewards of this land and the animals is a lifelong, you know, ability to live life at its at its highest peak. And well, and, and I mean that that's all. And we've always it, it doesn't matter to us. But again, we well, did it that we could turn around and you know our goal when we introduced it because I got some nasty calls and letters. Seriously. When I started Vicky, Vicky started hunting with me on the videos and then DVDs and then the show. And I'm telling you, they were nasty because one of them, you, you know, you know that. I mean, one of them was straight out and said, listen, you should keep the women at home in the cabin, taking care of the guy. And I'm like, wow. We got to take our uh, next break here, but hold that thought. We're going to continue our visit with Ralph and Vicky, and there's a lot more coming up. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. This is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We've been having a 
a fun and really an inspiring visit with America's favorite hunting couple, Ralph and Vicki Cerullo. You know, we've got so much to talk about. I should have just dedicated an entire show. But just quickly, I want to hit a couple of the points. You know, with the COVID pandemic, our world has changed, and it's changing right before our eyes within our industry as well. How do you guys see it? Well, Rob, that's a great question. Here's, I mean, one of the things that we do know, when people get down, where do you go? You have some that go to the bars. You have the others that live the outdoor lifestyle that where do they want to be? They want to be on that mountain. They want to be in the woods. They want to, you know, be in a ground blind, a tree stand. They want to be hiking. I think, I believe, and I hope and I pray that, you know, that, that mentality and that thought process stays and becomes a reality more so, you know, where we feel a lot of the pain as well as you and as well as Bass Pro and Cabela's and everybody. I I mean, you know, when we're telling people, you know, politicians are telling people to stay away. Don't do this. Don't do that. You you know, we all suffer everybody. And, and, you know, I, I mean, where do we see it? I think if this continues, number one, we've talked to numerous outfitters of ours canada is shut down yeah, we can't cross the border so we we have multiple out- outfitters that are saying you know if this continues to the fall i'm done we were told by by a you know a, a, a good friend of ours up in alberta great writer and he said at the fir- at the beginning of this at at one of the um outfitters associations meetings they thought that about 20% of the outfitters would actually have to close their doors. Mm-hmm. Just a week and a half ago, he said nearly 80% are panicking right now. And Think that's of the that. plan of the left. Think the plan of the left wants this to actually happen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it's shutting down. And it's not just in Canada. I mean, you look at spring uh, turkey hunting. There were a lot of outfitters that were dependent upon non-resident hunters coming into their states in Nebraska, Kansas, Idaho, Ohio, Kentucky. All of them were shut down to non-residents coming in. And those guys are hurting yeah. just just as well. And, uh, you know, we're not done. We don't know where this thing's going. And, uh you know, it's certainly a concern, and one of the concerns I know that you guys are focused on, too, is, you know, getting new hunters out in the woods. And we look at the yep. R3 movement, uh, focused on recruiting, awesome. retaining, reactivating hunters. What are your thoughts on trying to get people out, new hunters out into the woods? First and foremost, the, the biggest thing we hear is access. We, we hear that everywhere. Well, you know, I used to have a farm, but, you know, I wanted to take my kids, but I lost that farm, you know, the landowner sold it or he got leased out or, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, and I don't have anywhere to take my children. So, so I, am I, I mean, no, you're right. we, we hear number one, the, you know, the access, the ability. And what's really cool is the president we have right now is, you know, changing things for that. You know, and, and, and thanks. Opening thank, up the yep, parks. And thank like God that. for Johnny Morris, who, who's really, who else has done more for conservation in our industry bar, by, I mean, bar none, you know, and, and to, to, to allow us to open up some, some of these thousands and thousands of acres, you know, to, to give access. And I think the other one that a lot of people don't want to talk about, that is the cost. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, when, mm-hmm. think about it. So when when we had the archery shop way back in the ni- 80s and 90s, <clears throat> you know, a new bow set up with a bow, arrows, a quiver, everything that you would need to go hunting, we would sell it at the Chicago Land Show for like $2.99. Out the door, all set up. You're lucky if you could even find just a blank bow with mm-hmm. nothing on it for that. There's no yeah. way. You know, and I mean, and, and, and I mean you, there, there's so many variables, I think, that, that go into all of, you know, like the, the question you asked, you, you know, t- to try to get youth involved. You know, the other thing, too, we have to deal. Let, let's call it what it is. You got a lot more single parent, you know, homes absolutely. and mom, whether it's mom or dad that maybe never even hunted. They're never going to take their kids hunting. So they have to have some type of mentorship that allows them, you know, to, to, to get access to it. And the other thing on top of that, not mm-hmm. only that, is you have to look at the sports, all the sporting things that go yes. on in schools nowadays. It's like, you know, oh, you can play baseball, but then you have traveling baseball, and then you have indoor baseball, 
Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things that keep us away from the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a challenge that we have got to meet if we're going to pass on this great hunting heritage to, to the next generation. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of different entities working at it, but we've got a long way to go, especially as we see the slide yes. in, in license sales in many places. Now, you know, the silver lining in this COVID crisis has been we've certainly seen an uptick in the sale of, of fishing licenses. Also, yeah. uh, you know, we've been seeing it in a few states where hunting license sales have gone up. But, uh, you know, that's temporary. Long-term, we've been on a long-term decline, and we have got to commit, every one of us, to to be a mentor, to try to inspire, to get people outdoors. And uh, it's huge, huge undertaking. Well, look, we're just about out of time. Uh, just a real quick question here before we close out with a final thought. Where do you see outdoor television in the next five or ten years? You know, I kind of think that a lot of that, you, I think you always have your, your dish, your satellite TV stuff, you know, and you'll have some cable stuff. But I do see more. Like with the Outdoor Channel, they have the My Outdoor TV. I think you're going to see more and more streaming where it's accessible wherever they want to be and not have to actually be plugged in. And, and here's my input. First, I mean, let's look at the average age of an outdoorsman, woman. You know, we're talking late 40s on up. They are still more interested in sitting in their favorite chair watching their show than watching it on, on an iPad or, you know, or a phone. Yeah, um, you're, you're talking as, to one of them. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Right? That's right, Rob. And you know it. The same here. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, think, I think the quality shows will be there. And I, I, I believe the network will be there as long as they understand that they have to make it available in all aspects of whatever medium you want, you view your, your content on. Um, but as our age, our demographic continues to get older, that's why, you know, the push is in, a, in, in the social world to try to bring the young ones up. However, there is no accountability for the digital world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff that's being put on is for Insta famous people, and they're forgetting that this is a record of history. So when you see total stupid, naive things being done in the woods and on the waters, you have to realize that that is going to come back and bite us bad. Yep. Well, look, we are absolutely out of time. I'm going to leave that as as our final thought here of the show. I can't thank you enough, Vicki, Ralph, for, for being with us today, but for being the kind of ambassadors that you are to, to carry the good word of, of hunting being good, good for conservation, good for this country. And uh, congratulations on your 20 years of outdoor television. Good luck to you. God bless you all. Folks, that's going to wrap it up today here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. This is Rob Cack. On behalf of Bass Pro Shops, your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to conservation, preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations. 